A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy August 1. And I got to tell you, you know, I've talked about this before. The show is recorded. The Repcolite Home Improvement Show, in all of its glory, what you listen to has been recorded. This isn't live. So as intelligent and brilliant as we may sound, it's a little bit, it's basically cheating to some extent. We can take out all the ums and the pauses that live radio doesn't have the option to do. And anyway, since this is recorded... I can let you know that I am on hour four of trying to record just this single opening segment. I've got six minutes and 11 seconds to get this segment out. That's all I need. Six minutes and 11, or yeah, six minutes and 11 seconds. And it's taken me four hours to do this because everything that I've come up with so far is terrible. Or everything I come up with, when I find something that's actually good, I'll hear a sound in this warehouse where we record, because we have a studio built into the bathrooms within a warehouse. So we've removed the toilets and the other facilities of the bathroom and replaced it with soundproofing and and equipment. But I literally sit in the bathrooms in this huge empty warehouse and I hear a noise and I assume maybe it's somebody here. And then I wonder what in the world are they thinking when they hear me talking like crazy in the bathroom, because not everybody who comes here knows that this is a studio. In fact, we've had electricians come here to do work in the building, and they've come into the bathroom to use the bathroom, and they've been hesitant to come in because they've heard me talking, and they've wondered what in the world is going on in that bathroom. I'll just wait till that person finishes up. And anyway, so when I hear the the, the noises, I completely get distracted, and I'm unable to complete any thoughts. So anyway, it's been four hours of that, me sitting here all alone, having squirrel moments, I guess you'd call them. Every time I get something going, I hear a noise and wonder what in the world it was, and then my brain wanders down that path. I'm going to do my best to get through this segment. I've already wasted two minutes and 25 seconds. I've got four minutes left-ish. And we're going to get to what we're talking about right now. I want to talk about another problem with live radio. I was tooling around the Internet and I found a home improvement show that's a national national show and they do it live. They take callers. And one of the issues that we've always struggled with with the concept of going live is that, boy, you got to be smart and you got to be smart about everything. You know, especially when it's home improvement, because if we got paint questions, perhaps we'd be just fine. But if we branch off into who knows what, can Betsy and I handle those questions in a reasonable manner? And we know that that we wouldn't want to do it that way. So anyway, we don't do the call in thing. We don't do it live. We like to research. But I found this show that does do it live. And I ran into a question where they answered something and they kind of answered it incompletely. I don't think it's their fault. It's not because they don't know any better. I'm sure they know. It's just that in the time frame that you've got, you give the best answer you can. But every now and then you can leave off some information that's important. So they had a question about indoor air quality. And the concern was from a gentleman who had had his ducts cleaned 
and he put in better air filters, and he finally even doubled the air filters, but he was still getting dust in the home. He was very frustrated. He wondered what he should do. Well, the hosts recommended a couple things. They recommended that he install a whole house air purifying system. And then they said a secondary option would be that he could instead install air filters with a high MERV rating. Okay, and that's where the the alarm bells went off a little bit. MERV ratings. Let's talk about those. MERV ratings are on all filters. It's kind of the industry standard when it comes to the air filters that we use in our HVAC systems. And what it stands for is minimum efficiency reporting value. Basically, a MERV rating tells you how effectively a filter is going to stop dust and other contaminants from passing through the filter and into your equipment. That's important. I spoke with Brad Krause from Service Professor. He's been on the show a number of times, and I wanted to make sure I was right on this. And he said, absolutely, air filters in our HVAC systems aren't, first and foremost, to help us with our indoor air quality. They're simply to keep dirt and contaminants out of our equipment. Any effect that they have on the indoor air quality of a home is residual. You know, it's just something that happens. So there you go. MERV ratings and what, what a MERV rating is for on a filter. The issue is that a higher MERV value doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing a better job in fixing your indoor air quality. See, good airflow is the lifeblood of any efficient HVAC system. And air filters with a higher MERV rating, definitely they're going to restrict contaminants, but they're also going to reduce the airflow. And that can actually end up reducing your indoor air quality and putting strain on your system. So when they gave this broad recommendation of increasing your filters and going to higher MERV rating filters, they actually could be giving out really bad advice. The best thing you can do is if you want to deal with something like that, before you go to any MERV rating, don't just go up the ladder and get a higher rated filter and think that you're doing a better job. Check with the people who installed your furnace, your HVAC system, and make sure that you're using something that is good or rated for your system. Now, definitely install a whole house air purifier system. That's a great option. Service Professor has the iWave system. And right now, for our listeners, they'll give you 50 bucks off. So you can give them a call. You find them online at serviceprofessor.com. You can also have your ducts cleaned, like the gentleman on, who called into the radio show did. You could also consider having them sealed, which is a step up from cleaning them. It's going to help eliminate problems down the road. There are a number of ways to reduce the dust in the home. But grabbing an air filter that's going to filter out more and more contaminants could actually hurt your system. You don't want to just do that without checking in to make sure that you're doing the right thing. All right, when we come back, we're going to be talking with RepcoLite's own Dave Sumner about a very exciting new division of RepcoLite paints. That's all just ahead. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. And right now, I'm joined by David Sumner, Director of Contract Packaging at Repco Light. Dave, thanks for being here. Hey, good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well. You too? I'm doing well. Thank you. Director of Contract Packaging at Repco Light. What in the world? Is that, you know, we, we talk, <laughs> Betsy and I talk all the time about the paint and, and all the things that we do at Repco like to make products and get them out there. How, you know, it's so unique that, that we're actually a paint manufacturer working in Holland and have, have done that since 1946. So years and years. What is this contract packaging business? That's something you kind of dreamed up. At least you were a big part of it. Talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So this is something uh, we started in early 
2019, where we transformed our, our Port City Paints facility in Muskegon. It was a, a paint manufacturing plant there that had been mothballed um, in about 2007. And we transformed that into our new contract packaging center. We decided to expand on something we've already done for 75 years, and that's blend raw materials into paint and package it into containers. So that's something, uh, a new spin for us and something uh, we're doing up in Muskegon, and we're really excited about it. So what does that look like for people who aren't familiar with the phrase? I mean, and, and maybe maybe a bunch of people are, but contract packaging, we're, we're basically getting what? Products from other people and we're packaging them, labeling them, boxing them up and shipping them out, right? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be paint. Uh, it can be, uh, you know, a lots of liquid type packaging products, you know, windshield washer fluids, glass cleaners, nail liquid. We've done some nail liquid for the cosmetic industry, which was a really interesting one for us. It had quite a smell. We really enjoyed that. Yeah, it did. That one knocked your socks <laughs> off. So, and, and what's unique What's unique to this too is um, our packaging lines in Muskegon. Um, one of the lines, we're, we're able to do hazardous type materials so we're able to package those materials uh, safely into into containers sizes ranging from from two ounces to to five gallons right and we help with the labeling we you will secure whatever packaging whatever uh, containers need to be used right you go through all of that and we'll put the kits together correct yeah there's so many different shapes and sizes of packaging to choose from and we just we like to work with a customer you know a customer may have an idea already of what of what they want we can help them source materials help them source packaging um, and ultimately get their get their product in the market right and some of it I, I believe if and maybe well, of course correct me if I'm wrong but I thought we've worked off of formulas we, we don't necessarily have to have their product shipped in they'll give us a formula and we can create that product right correct yeah we can aid we have laboratory facilities that we can help a customer uh, work out a formula um, or we can work off an existing formula that a customer already has that they may have an idea for market and they they just want you know they just want somebody to work with that can put this stuff in a in a container for them and get it to market right now here we are talking about it on the show and, you know, it's Repcolite stuff, so that's kind of the tie-in there. But we have a lot of listeners out there who, I mean, it's just a full range of people. You know, we've got contractors and homeowners. We've got business owners. We've got facility managers and stuff like that listening. Who cares about this? Who Who is the audience for what you do? The big one recently um, has been hand sanitizer. Um, oh, so, of course. So the the facilities people, <laughs> the facilities people that are listening, <laughs> um, you know, we've shifted gears a lot since COVID and started doing hand sanitizer in numerous shapes and sizes for institutions, for individuals. We we do small hand sanitizers, two ounce, I think, is the smallest. It's the smallest one that we do, up to a gallon size. So. That has that's been um, our main focus most recently. You were talking about that the other day. We were out at your store for a painter appreciation, a contractor appreciation lunch, and you were showing me the whole setup and how everything works and just all the different applications that we have for this hand sanitizer. Like you said, from the small little personal, you know, little bottles that we carry around in the car but won't leave in the car when it's hot. Right? I think we've read, we've heard 
stories about that. <laughs> right. But down to to the big gallon stuff, right? That you're you're sending out to schools and places Correct. like that, large facilities. Right. Yep. Yep. So when we're talking about the hand sanitizer, this isn't necessarily something that's a Repcolite labeled product. We we do sell it in our own stores, but it also can be private labeled, correct? Exactly. Yeah, we can private label just about any type of fluid for anyone. Um, no, it doesn't doesn't have to have the Repcolite name on it. It can have, you know, Sunny Sky sanitizer on it or whatever you know, whatever <laughs> you want to put on your on your label. We can. Um, you know, we can come up with whatever the customer wants. Yeah. There was one particular story where somebody was looking for a product. They, they couldn't find it anywhere, and they happened to. How did they find you in the first place? How did they know to even look for us? Uh, Bethany Christian Services. I, that was a lead that we had through one of our employees whose uh, father worked for Bethany. And uh, he had heard through his dad that they were looking for hand sanitizer for all of their their Bethany locations. And that's kind of how we got hooked up with Bethany. Um, they wanted, I think, 2,016-ounce uh, pump hand sanitizers that they could send out to all of their employees, and uh, all their employees could have that uh, on their desk. So each individual had a 16-ounce bottle of hand sanitizer on their desk. So that's how we got set up with Bethany. And, um, you know, that's something... Isn't it fun, the time that we live in, that, that we all get to carry around our own personal hand sanitizer now? It's Right. In your car, in your pocket, on your, on your desk. Yeah, I feel like I want a utility belt like Batman. Right. You know, with, with my different hand sanitizers. Right, like a Swiss Army knife yes. with, a, with a sanitizer <laughs> slot. Hey, we yeah. should make that. Great. All right. Hey, in the last <laughs> little bit that we've got, make your case. I mean, for yeah. some of the... You know, the, the people out there listening, what are some of the products that you, I mean, you mentioned a few of them, but you've been brainstorming this for, for months and months and months. You know, you've been kind of running this around sure. trying to, to pitch it to people. And normally when sure. you and I talk, you've got a couple of ideas, you know, you'll mention different places that could use this and they're places I'd never even thought about. I mean, maybe just spin mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. some of the, the applications for this package. Sure. Okay. So say you have an idea for uh, some super uh, wash-in uh, bug repellent for for garments, like a fabric softener or, you know, laundry detergent or something like that. You've got a great idea for this um, this bug repellent. You don't know, you know, how to get it. You know, you have, you have a formula in mind um you need somebody to help you secure the raw materials you need somebody to help you with packaging uh label design um boxing um all of those aspects that go into the product and um you know that's something we would take from the beginning with you in confidentiality too we um you know we're not looking to take anybody's formulas and and go crazy with them we stick with what we do and uh, paint is our main business so you know, this is just an, a value-added service that that Repcolite's doing. So we would take that from the from ground up. Your you know your wash and bug repellent, and take it from your idea and and bring it all the way through to a final package. It's really interesting, yeah, it, because it doesn't have to have any of the Repcolite logos or anything on the packaging. It has really right no reference at all, really, back to Repcolite. If you don't correct. want that, correct, yeah. Yeah, it's the customer's product. We're 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 working for the customer. That's yeah. it's a it's a contract between us and the customer to to blend and package their product for them. It is really interesting to watch this aspect of the business grow. 
you know, without saying any names, we've got other places where we've created touch-up kits Correct. for some products that get installed in a home, a wood product, and Correct. entire touch-up kits. Yeah, and that was a that was a that was a very interesting project too, and that that entailed a a, a bottle of touch up stain, a, a colored pencil with a pencil sharpener, and all in all packaged in in a box. So it was um, that was a unique project that was fun. Right, a lot of fun to see it come together. You know, we work on the labeling, we use their logo, of course, but even if somebody doesn't have any of those things, right? I mean, we can right. work with that. I know we can because that's my part in the process. Betsy right. and I help with the graphic design and all of that. So right. it's just really interesting. Uh, to me, it feels like the sky's the limit with this. Yeah, it, it, it really is kind of fun because we're, you know, we're using the relationships with, with um, suppliers that we've had, you know, for years and years to, to help us, um, you know, secure raw materials and packaging and, and labeling. And these are all long-term relationships that we've had with our suppliers for years, which really helps us, you know, bring this whole thing full circle. Yeah, it's really fun. If any of the listeners out there, I guess there's a couple of ways to look at it. We, we did mention hand sanitizer that we've got access to whatever quantities you might need and in whatever sizes you might want. And if somebody's interested in that, you can either check with any of the Repcolite or Port City paint stores for just the product right off mm -hmm. the shelf. If you're looking to possibly have that stuff private labeled for your own facility, then they would want to contact you, Dave. And sure. also, if anybody's got a product out there that they'd like to see in the marketplace and they're just not sure how to take it from idea to finish, again, that's another place for them to contact you, correct? That's right, Dan. They can call me, David Sumner, at 231-206-4552, or an email is always good, and that is davids at repcolite.com. davids at repcolite.com. You and I have worked together for, well, as long as I've been at Repcolite, so about 23, 24 years, you were here. How long? I think I'm going on 26 years, yeah. Oh, so you, mu you had not been that... That well established before I started. I didn't realize that. Not that well established, yeah. No. You were the you were the plant manager and now you're the director yep. of contract packaging. Yes, sir. Dave, thanks for hanging out with us today. All right. Thanks, Dan. Now all right, when we come back, if you are responsible or have a hand in having to sanitize large areas in between groups of people so we can keep doing business like we all want to do. You know, if you're in a church and you, you're responsible for getting those pews sanitized between services or buses or restaurant areas or any of that, if you've had to do any of that sanitizing, you know how time-consuming it can be. Well, you're going to want to hang around for this next segment because we've got a system that can dramatically reduce the time you're spending. That's all just ahead. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. We're actually, we're on site at the Lakewood location, and I'm sitting here with Matt Zykowski. Did I get that right? You did. Z A J. 
K-O-W-S-K-I. You said, you're not even sure you, you pronounce it correctly. Is that I'm hoping I do, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, you don't even know if you've got it right. Uh, you're from Graco. You're our um, territory rep, right? Yes. Yeah, Graco <laughs> you, account manager for the state of Michigan. And Graco, you know, uh, when I say that, anybody in the paint industry is probably familiar, but for anybody else out there, Graco, give us an introduction to the company quick. Graco, since 1926, has been in the fluid handling industry. So not just limited to paint, oil, gas, petroleum, uh, surface protection equipment. And as of April, Santa Spray HP. Right. And that's what we want to talk about. Um, we just played an interview with uh, Repcolite's David Sumner, where we talked about a hand sanitizer that we're making. When all of this COVID stuff hit, Back in, well, it started in the beginning of the year. We saw little trink, you know, trickles of this coming through the news. And then it really hit us in March sometime. We all know this story. And really, we started, the, the, everything changed. And not just how we did business, but even the, the necessities and the requirements of business and sanitizing spaces and areas became critical. And Graco manufacturers, one of the main things we sell from you guys are paint sprayers. So airless paint sprayers, I mean, all kinds of different paint sprayers. And we've we've been asked previous to this for, for several years, uh, maybe going back farther than that, can you use a paint sprayer to spray disinfectant, deodorizers, sanitizers? So you've been asked way before COVID? Absolutely. Okay. So this was something people were thinking about. And because people want to cover a large area or sanitize a large area as quickly as possible. I mean, wiping it down the, or spray bottling for sanitizing it. Is Obviously, as everyone knows, exponentially greater than it has ever been, and the need for increased efficiency is more important now than yeah. ever. Yeah. So the the obvious, you know, looking at the paint sprayers and how we use those to blow paint onto a room and how fast contractors can move with one of those, you know, the obvious thought is, well, why don't we just drop that in a bucket of sanitizer and run with it? Correct. Correct. And and there's immediate uh, implications of running sanitizer through a paint spray. Like what? What happens? Uh, corrosion compatibility is a main issue. A lot of the chemicals that are on the EPA list of approved disinfectants, very reactive towards steel and aluminum parts. So corrosion happens pretty quickly with some products. So pretty quickly meaning... Um, there's there's been product failures within a week. Oh, so really when using quickly. it for its unintended use, absolutely right. So if you're sitting on right now, because you know, we've got a lot of listeners that are you know facility managers, we've got people who are in charge of maintenance at churches and things like that. If you've got a regular airless sprayer, or you're thinking that boy, this would really move me through this sanitation process, you Not don't want to use that. No. Don't want to use that's no. a quick way to throw a lot of money away fast. Absolutely right, right. So Graco. When did you guys start developing the Santa Spray system? It was it was kind of a back burner idea for a while, and then sometime end of March, early April, um, the majority of Graco employees were working from home, but product management from our contractor equipment division was in Rogers, Minnesota, at Graco headquarters, working pretty much around the clock doing compatibility tests, mm -hmm. um, seal tests, because you're obviously spraying something a lot thinner than paint, so seals have to be better and tighter than a thicker viscosity product like paint. So I would say end of March, early April, they had on paper a product that they knew was going to work and Graco could put their name behind. 
and now they're readily available, right? Yes, yes. Some some are on a slight back order. Okay. For the most part, they're they're made, assembled in Rogers, Minnesota, and in stock, ready to ship. All right. So Santa spray. Let's talk about the advantages of that for again for people who are in this situation where they're trying to sanitize large areas as quickly as possible. I know at the church there's a large time spent getting things cleaned up. You know, I was watching some of the videos on your website on Graco's website about the Santa spray where one of them was a, I think it was a charter boat company yes. and they would bring people around in boats and they said to in order to spray them down and wipe them down it was a 40 minute process the old way. They went to this equipment and they're doing it I thought they said in about 10 minutes. It was, get the boat it was absolutely ready. at least less than half the amount yes. of time where you don't have that second step of needing to wipe it down. So for the people who are thinking, okay, I do have to deal with this on a regular basis, make the case for the Santa Spray system over some of the other alternatives out there. Productivity and then complete coverage. So it, it is based off of our airless sprayer technology that's been around for over 40 years. So there's not a more productive piece of sanitizing equipment on the market. Um, the same technology that allowed us to guarantee contractors got an even coverage coat of paint has Mm -hmm. been used to get an even complete coverage of uh, sanitizing solutions. All right. The HP and the Santa Spray HP stands for high production. Okay. And it's not a one size fits all. It's an actual product family line. Right. Because you've got a well, you start with a corded version. Start with the corded HP 20 uh, to be launched in September. There's a consumer version, the HP 10. All right. So currently HP 20 corded. And those the, are not compatible with the alcohol-based? Corded version, you cannot spray anything flammable through. Right. Gotcha. Correct. But then there's a battery version. So it's just a handheld unit. Powered by a DeWalt battery. Powered by and all of that. And that can spray. Yes. It can, it can also spray the water-soluble solutions like bleach, hydrogen peroxide. Right. Those chemicals, as well as isopropyl alcohol. Right. So you've got that, and then you've got other bigger systems yet that look just like, well, of course they're going to look just like. Look very, very similar to a paint sprayer for, for, uh, to not create confusion in the marketplace. They're white instead of blue. But yeah. the, the outside design. <laughs> a lot looks of very used similar. sprayers look white. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, they just look really dirty, though. The Santa spray looks really clean. So you've got this full line. And they'll just fly, right? The the HP twenty and the numbers after the unit designate ounces per minute. So twenty ounces per minute for the handheld units, corded and cordless. The HP sixty five would be for uh, slightly larger size areas or facilities or more frequent cleaning. Uh, next step up is HP one thirty. So I'm not good with uh, converting liters to gallons, but it's about a ga- <laughs> ounces to gallons, about a gallon a minute. All right. So you'll, yeah, yeah. Plenty, plenty yeah. of coverage. We're sitting here talking with Matt Zakowski. No, I said that wrong. Zykowski. 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 I'm looking at it, and it's, it's very, very deceptive with the spelling. It's like they tried when they came up with this last name. There's too many consonants in there. <laughs> to mess us up. Yeah. We're sitting here with Matt Zykowski, the Graco rep, RepcoLite's Graco rep. And just talking about the new Santa Spray HP system for sanitizing large areas, small areas. I mean, really, it could be anything. It, like one of the ones that we saw were, um, I think it was the, a firehouse, another great video that you guys had, where they're sanitizing all the equipment. And the key is some of these places need a quick turnaround time, whether it be a firehouse or school buses or hospitality food service. So exactly that. And I guess in the last little bit that we've got here, where are you seeing this being put most 
to most advantage? You know, where do you see some of the great stories coming out of? I, I think the biggest is uh, hospitality or education. So whether it be uh, uh, public school districts or uh, learning centers and small businesses, retail, where you don't want to take a squirt bottle and then have to wipe down afterwards and take a half hour instead of five minutes to disinfect. Well, I know you. Uh, we'll put links in the show notes to some of the videos that I'm talking about because really the, the videos are extremely compelling. But if you're in need of something like this and sanitizing large areas and you're trying to do it as quickly as possible, if you've got a restaurant, I would think, if you've got well anything where, where people are continually coming through and you're trying to keep everything moving in the right direction because the very last thing any of us want is anybody to get sick anywhere and to start the whole Absolutely. shutdown thing again. Don't want to do that. We've done that. Let's not ever do that again. So, I hope that to be a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. thing. <laughs> Man, we all want that. But if you're in need, these things are really great. But one of the things that I thought was great in, in the videos that you had was they had a side-by-side -side comparison. I think they had four videos of different methods that you can use that are, that are common out there for sanitizing large areas. And seeing it in video is uh, an eye-opener for right, the difference they, in productivity and complete exactly. coverage. Right. They time the videos. So you've got your Santa Spray HP system, and I think it... They were doing like, what was it? A, a bed in like a... Looked like a chiropractor uh, office. Okay, there yeah. you go. And they sanitized that area in five seconds, I believe it was. The next closest one was... What is the other kind of sprayer? There's an electro... There's a, it, there's an electrostatic version and then uh, traditional squirt bottles or misters and foggers. Right. So all of those different methods were way longer. I mean, it took way longer. Some of them took a minute and a half because with the spray bottles and even like a backpack sprayer that we've seen where you pump it up and you maybe carry that around on your back or whatever... It doesn't spray and cover the area completely. It doesn't spray evenly. So that's another thing the videos show is with the Santa Spray HP, you can ensure you're getting complete uniform coverage, showing the, the spray pattern coming out of the unit. You're right. covering every area. You're disinfecting appropriately. Definitely. If anybody is interested, you can get more information at any of the Repcolite stores. We can answer those questions. If we can't, we can get those answers from Matt for you. Matt, I really appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. Oh, I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you very much. Well, we're about ready to head into the home stretch. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, Hanson children, I need you to get notepads, pencils, and all huddle around the radio because we have work today. And I'm going to tell you all about it in just a minute. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Now, all right, what I should have done and should have had you do at the end of the last break, but I didn't think of it, is have you go to your closets and just take a look at your clothes closet. Take a look at it. Is it organized? Is it perfect? Is it pristine? Is it neat? If it is, you get a break. You don't have to even pay attention to this episode because you've got your life in order. If your closet looks like any of the closets, any of the closets in my home, however, it's it's time to buckle up because we, we got to get that figured out. Because at least at my house, there is no space in the home that elicits more despair, more hand-wringing than the closets. It feels like chaos has moved in and just had its way with the place. So... 
I want to get those things organized. I want to help the kids get their closets organized. So how do we do that? Well, I've been digging into a ton of different articles from experts all over the place, organizational experts, and I've tried to pull what I think are the key points out of all of those different things and condense them into something here. The very first step that I I think makes the most sense of everything is to empty, sort, and reduce. And really reducing is the main goal here. Reducing makes organization efforts much easier and way more effective down the road. But it is tough. So here's how you can do it. You pull all those clothes out, like we said. You empty the closet. And then you sort everything into categories. Don't just throw it in a great big pile on the bed, which is what I normally do, and then go through it piece by piece. Don't do that. It's overwhelming that way. Sort it into categories. So all the pants on one pile, all the sweatshirts, the t-shirts, the dresses, whatever. And then... Once you've got it sorted like that, you go through each category and donate or toss what you don't need and complete each category before you move on to the next one. Now, donate or toss what you don't need. That's easy to say, really hard to implement for some of us. Some of us really hold on to stuff. So how do you decide what I don't need and what can be donated? Well, here are a few things from experts around the world. It has to fit right now. So none of this, if I just lose a few inches or a few pounds, I'll slip back back into these khaki shorts. None of that anymore. If you don't fit into it right now, donate it or toss it. And, you know, the reason is simple. First off, you don't want to have all that extra stuff to put back in the shelves. But secondly, it's really frustrating because that is how I live. I've got six or seven pairs of shorts that are all in different stages or different varying um, levels of how much weight I need to lose to fit back into them. And that's all well and good and frustrating to some extent. But what really makes it bad is when you pack most of those shorts for a vacation unknowingly. And you get there and you realize that of the six pairs of shorts you brought, only one actually fits and all the rest can't be pulled up over your kneecaps. So don't do that. It's just frustrating. Get rid of them. If they they don't fit, you don't need them. Also, it has to be something that you like. It has to be something that you use or wear. And if you haven't worn it or used it at least once in the past year, get rid of it. Be ruthless in this whole sorting and and culling process. This is no place for sentimentality because you have to reduce what you've got, and that's going to make everything else you do much easier. Now, all right, once you've got the closet emptied out, it's time to clean it. And we're talking literally just clean the space, vacuum the carpet, wipe down the shelves, wipe the walls down. If you want, something really obvious to, to consider would be painting it. You know, put a white in there if, if you struggle with lighting. If you don't struggle with lighting and you want to have a little bit of fun, you could put a color in there. You know, we've talked about that on, on various episodes. It's a great way to test out colors and to just experiment with bringing color into your decorating because it's a closet. It can be closed, but it still gives that little bit of fun when you open it back up. If you do decide to paint it, we'd recommend Scuff-X from Benjamin Moore. We talk about it all the time, but that's because of all the paints that I've ever sold. This is the one that I, I love recommending every single time. I, I've never had anybody not like working with it. I've never had anybody not have a great experience with the performance down the road. It resists scuffing unlike anything we've ever seen. Unlike anything we've ever seen. Unlike paint that's priced twice as much as it. It's better than those in resistance to scuffing and things like that. So for a closet that gets a fair amount of wear, it's a no-brainer. If you've got an entryway, it's perfect for that. There's so many places it's great for. Scuff-X, Benjamin Moore, 
definitely think about it. You could also wallpaper the space. That's something else to think about. It's a small area. It's not going to be expensive. And wallpaper is a great way to bring in color, pattern, and texture very quickly and easily. Anyway, whatever you do, get it cleaned, get it all ready to go. Next, organize the closet into hot and cold zones. And this is really obvious, but there's a couple of things that are interesting here. Um, organizational expert Felice Cohen devised a system of hot and cold zones a number of years back. You know, hot zones are for items that you access all the time. I think Betsy talked about this once before, maybe a couple years ago. Cold zones are for those things that you only periodically uh, use or access. You know, it, it makes perfect sense. So you use the spaces that aren't quite as accessible for those things. You know, the upper shelves, things like that. But also, here's the part that I really liked about the hot and cold zones, and we've got a graphic in our show notes about this. The door configuration of your closet determines where your hot and cold zones are. There really isn't a set standard that you can tell everybody that the cold zones are here and the hot zones are here. It all depends on how the closet is configured. For example, if you've got side-by-side sliding doors, the cold zone is going to be the middle of the closet because that's the hardest part to truly access and see. The, the sides, the left and the right, are the hot zones. That's the place that you can readily access and get the clothes. So that's where you put those items that you need all the time. Uh, if you've got a closet with a single hinged door, then it's the exact opposite. The center is going to be the hot zone, and the sides left and right are going to be the cold zones. Really, it just depends on the layout of your closet. Walk-in closets have a different configuration for where the hot zones are and where the cold zones are, and you can check that out on that graphic that we've got in the show notes. It's worth checking out because it will help you put things back together in a way that it will be most conducive for you getting them back out again. Now, when you do put them away, you're going to want to store the clothes by style. There's a huge debate. Do you put them by color? Do you put them by category? We're going to say you put them by style and then by color. So you store your long sleeve shirts together. You store the short sleeve shirts together, the sweaters together, the, 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 then all of the pants together, but the jeans, the khakis, the dress pants. And then within each of those categories, you sort them by color. You do that so that when you're grabbing particular types of items, they're all in one spot. You're going to save a lot more time in the mornings as you put yourself together. Now, last little thing that I've got time for is get creative with shelves and bins. You know, jeans work well when they're folded and stacked on shelves. That's easy. Sweaters work well that way. I've got tons of t-shirts and I've seen tons of photos in organizational websites and things like that. Tons of photos of t-shirts folded up and stacked on shelves in neat little stacks. That doesn't work for me because I always want the third one from the bottom and the whole thing falls over. I found another great option. Take t-shirts, fold them in half, and then roll them into a little cylinder. And then you stack them on their ends in little bins. So they're all stacked in little rolls and you can pull out what you want. It saves a ton of space. They don't fall over. It's just a great way to go. Get creative with the space in that regard. You'll be surprised at how much you can do with what you've got to work with. Now, the last thing, and, and it's something that we need to always keep in, our, in the forefront of our minds, is that no system of organization is effective without our effort. And, you know, we could go and buy a ton of expensive tools and components and shelves and all of that. There are all kinds of organizational systems that you can install in your closet. And if you do that, it will work for a while. But if we don't buy into the idea that it's got to be constantly maintained, it's just going to fall apart. It's not going to work and the system will collapse under the weight of chaos. We can't let chaos reclaim the space. 
We've got to fight back, take it, and keep it. And it all takes work. Children, Hanson children, it all takes work. Anyway, that's all the time we've got. If you want to check this one out again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And whatever you do today, make sure that you have a great day. And also, if possible, maybe you clean out that closet and maybe you need a little bit of paint. The Repcolite and Port City Paint Stores are open until 3 o'clock today, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hanson. Thanks for listening.